So thank you very much, Mum slash Pamela Crosi. It's lovely to have you on the podcast this morning. How are you feeling? Good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I've already done a little bit of a pre-intro. People can find you on your Instagram, which I'll link to in the show notes. What I really want to know first up is what would you like us to know about you in order for us to better appreciate your perspective? <laughs> um well, I, let's, I'm 72 years of age. I am living here in the Blue Mountains, Wentworth Falls Blue Mountains, so surrounded by uh, natural bush in a, in a very lovely area. Very fortunate girl. It's, it's, it's delightful. Um, having um, been uh, born in New Zealand with seasonal, uh, very clear seasons, uh, I found myself here in the Blue Mountains where we still have very clear seasons, which is something that I have always responded to. And um, and within the field of Ikebana, very important. So that really is it. Um, I, uh, in terms of you do not want my life story, that is, it's, that's completely unnecessary. And, and Alex is more than aware of it. But we will... Um, but in terms of landing here in the Blue Mountains um, was about 25 years ago. And, um, and, and about that same time, I took up the discipline of Ikebana, started with a Japanese master down in Sydney and then came up here. And for, yeah, very fortunately, I found that I was about five doors away from another Ikebana master. And, and took up my formal training with her within the uh, Sugetsu School of Ikemana. And hmm. that really is where I felt you and I were going to have our conversation around, around those, how that's evolved over the last 25 years or so. Yeah, for sure. That would be amazing. Thank you for that context. So I want to cover some of your core perspectives in, in that field. But to get there, I'd actually really like to play a game. Are you ready for that? Play a game? Okay. I've had my glass yeah. of water. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thinking here is that you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Of um, a a misattributed Plato quote. Uh, or in our case, uh, you know, a 30-minute playful podcast banter than in a three-hour monotone monologue. Uh, so the first challenge here is you, you may not know, but part of my intention for talking with captivating people such as yourself is to hand over these collected conversations to Phoenix, my daughter, when she is 13. Uh, so in about five years from now. So I'm going to ask you to please restate uh, sort of what you offer again in the Ikebana world, or at least what that is but explain it as if to a 13-year-old with a culturally, culturally limited attention span and uh, reiterating why this area is important to you and perhaps some of the yeah, alternatives that you've looked into at the same time. Well, as you and I both know, if I'm addressing Phoenix, we've both been very, very fortunate to have a, a, a girl in our lives who's naturally drawn to nature. And um, and naturally drawn to color, display, and appreciation. So um, she and and I think that that is something that I would like to think that 
she was going to be part of her community is that she would she would be able to um, to teach, introduce, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to her cohort um, that particular way of noticing things. Uh, this is a this is an area of, that I feel is lacking in the education system of just making children far too busy doing rather than not enough time just being. And it's in the being, the being state of being that you notice things, uh, the, your immediate environment and you, um, and, and you respond accordingly in a, in an open wise and yeah, fresh way, which is, you know, of course the, what, as jaded adults, we um, we try to uh, take ourselves back to that lovely, open, fresh, childlike space um, of a uh, of anything from a um, you know a zero year old to um, definitely a thirteen year old, fresh stepping out into the world. Has that answered that question? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm going to ask you to. To really distill it down, because sometimes people need to th- hear things more than once. Okay, yes. At the at the root of Ikebana, then what is okay. it? Okay, well, the root of Ikebana, from my point of view, and this is this is, I definitely bring a, a come at it at a, from a slightly different angle than a lot of Ikebanas, so to speak, um, in that I see it as a practice of meditation and a fre- of just a fresh, open um, – it suits my mind. It suits my creative, very visual mind. And that's why I think um, that Phoenix responds to nature and and what I've seen about her doing her, her artworks is that we both have very visual minds and not necessarily a mind that wants to just sit on a cushion for um, – for hours. So this is a beautiful alternative for the type of mind that is visually um, excited and opened to use materials that we just go out into the world and collect and we bring back and we create a, a, a sculpture, I guess, for, for, for lack of a better word. Ikebana for me is definitely a um, – an art form that is closely related to sculpture. It's about just being present, really. Ikebana is just about being present. And you have no idea when you collect your material and you pop it on your – and you walk into your studio, really what's going to come about. And it can go through ser- several transformations um, as it does with any artwork. And, of course, the, 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 the caliber of your – well, the, the the state of your mind is reflected in what you what you create. So, the stiller your mind, the more mindful you are. A word I'm not particularly fond of, but still, um, you can uh, you can, you create within that space. So, for fee, it's like just being fresh, open, no expectation, and um, just putting a few things together with a method that has been taught to you along the way, informing your decisions. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's a a good summary. We'll continue to play along and dive a little deeper 
into some of that. I wanted to find out a little bit more about you perhaps, and this is very interesting doing, doing this with your <laughs> life giver. <laughs> Initially, a simple question to explore a little bit more is, can you tell us your favorite bird? My favorite bird? Mm, or something that comes to mind anyway. Okay. <laughs> Just a bluebird. Um, a favorite bird comes to mind. Well, I have lots of birds here in my backyard. So we have king parrots, um, rosellas, very cheeky, very wise, and very annoying cockatoos, um, kookaburras. They'll all be native birds. Ah, that's not true. There is one bird that comes to mind, and it's the fantail. It's a, a, a I think in Maori it's called a pipawaka, waka. I think any anyway, no 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 heavens I can hear my sister going Pam please um, <laughs> I I um, yeah a little a little New Zealand um, native bird a fantail I have to say is probably yeah a favourite something that resonates as you said resonates to me funnily enough it is a bird that was around me a lot when your grandmother died and I so I think that that is probably um, has some um, significance. The day after she died, I went for a walk through the bush and these little birds just danced around me all the time, landed on my walking stick, all sorts of things. So, yes, they, 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 there is a resonance with that, that connection. That's lovely. Let's explore that just a little bit more. What, what are the characteristics that you enjoy about that bird or is it more about appearance or a particular <laughs> – just um, fresh, playful, um, yes, and uh, modest. I think not not a particularly showy bird at all, except um, in its in its dancing. Um, really likes to dance around the bush, and it's got a lovely sound. Really has a lovely sound. Well, that's um, that's some interesting information to to dive into the the next part of the process. Here is because. I want to give you a little playful scenario and see where that leads. So imagine if you will, and you may want to close your eyes for a moment. Imagine that tonight at the stroke of midnight, you are magically transformed into this fantail bird for the remainder of your long life. And you're happy with that. Now you get to fly around, you get to visit friends, you get fed all the best organic bird food. There's no problems there. And so now with the skills of English, rather than chirping or squawking after midnight tonight, you have this time here to convey to our younger generations uh, some of your most potent ideas, practices or wisdom for their benefit of their health, prosperity and enjoyment. So that scenario is there to, to give you permission. No thought is too weird or wild. Everything is allowed. Uh, I will ask that cliches have some practical explanations behind them. But knowing that you're going to be magically transformed at midnight tonight, what would you have for us? Give yourself a moment and see what arises. But what would you have for myself, uh, the audience, and the younger generation from that vantage point? Well, mostly it is – well, because this little bird's um, habit is to dance, um, there is a presentness in that. And so really it's just 
to dance around through your life, being present as as much as possible, um, and and having and fearless around that, and you'd have no idea where that dancing will take you. But whatever that dance is, that's your dance, and have confidence in that. Uh, that's really how I I would be feeling at um, at midnight that I was stepping into the world, dancing freshly and lightly, and um, and remaining as present as possible, with the confidence that I have absolutely no idea where that those dance steps will take me. Interesting. Thank you for that. And. I want to keep exploring that, but then within the field of Ikebana, are there aspects of uh, the practice itself or how it makes you feel would be even more interesting that you want to convey, again, from this place? Uh, Is it the elements of dancing and fearlessness and presence? Can you explore that a bit more for us within the field of Ikebana? Right. Well, with with any um, creative field, I have learned through that it is very important to learn some rules in order to throw them away, really, um, but to actually have them inform you um, through practice. Like anything, practice is really, really, really important. Doing something over and over again uh, without Anything, no ex, yes, with a little expectation. Sadly, that as an artist, you do have expectations, but um, if you can drop those, um, you um, you come to this place of freshness and openness. And I have chosen in my life to use it through uh, using plant, plant. No, not necessarily only plant material, because within the school that I have been formally trained, uh, you can use any material. Um, but definitely from a found object point of view, from a walking out into the garden and giving yourself a time limit of within 10 minutes, I'm going to find something that I'm going to play with today. And then bringing that back to the studio and just creating a uh, an arrangement that if you pardon me if you do that daily creates a creates confidence and i don't know whether it's almost like body memory mind memory that you you don't have to refer to the rules anymore they're just naturally there um, but they are they are quite they are structured and and they are for anybody who's been trained within any discipline um, you know you get to a point within that that they are no longer consciously informing your 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 decision making or your process they just they just seem to be um, embedded there in your mind and you just go go forward. And then you just create. Who knows um, what that might be? Uh, sometimes I do use a. It may be a, a haiku. I might um, just read a piece of poetry, and I know that that's there in my mind when I do perhaps think, um, what a, you know, just go out into the into the world and, and choose some material, or the reverse is I bring find some material, and that instantly reminds me of a piece of writing 
or haiku um, and yeah and I come back and 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 create something around that it's a it's a, a very interesting process you, you never know where it's going to take you but that's um yeah that's what ikebana is for me it's a daily practice that is a meditation and a and a, and, a, and an expression um and the more i do it the more i get i i come to know myself and i that's really what we're all here for is to know ourselves and and this is this is how i've chosen or, or what has been given to me actually um to uh as a as a discipline and and a practice field mm. and for for the people listening who may not have my context i know you've been practicing for some time but at least on the instagram world you've been posting your daily practice for at least the last two Plus years. Well, it, it, it arose out during COVID um, that I decided to do a daily a daily practice. Um, I haven't been doing it. I do a daily practice here, but I don't always put it on up, up on Instagram. Uh, yes, that's how it came about. Um, that I felt that I needed a, to discipline myself um, with a daily with a daily practice. And that is the one that I felt the most comfortable with and gave me the most joy. So, um, Ikebana it was. Mm. And, and what of that has been unexpected, both within the daily practice context and perhaps even the Instagram context? What's been a surprise for you? Well, it's the surprise has been that, that surprise and delight is that all – as you know, Alex, I have connections with Tibetan Buddhism, and with all the teachings that I have been, have received from from my teachers within that particular uh, field, is that I was actually experiencing it. Um, that the that the delight and the flow of, of interdependence um, was dancing along with me, and that's that that came from. Once again, the practice, the the consistency, very important with any with any discipline. Is if anybody is listening to this who's who is a a meditator, they know that that's incredibly important is consistency. Um, and just to and it doesn't really matter whether it's five minutes or five hours. It's just that discipline of doing something every single day. Um, it's just to still the mind, and by doing that, some—I have to call it magic. There's nothing else. There's no other word for it. Is that it, that 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 um, a, a magic comes into your life that it informs you, delights you, brings a contentment that is, in a, in a sense. Just beyond words. I um, and, and yeah, and and it, it, look, I, I'm absolutely. It's good. I'm thinking right now of Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Maintenance. It can be anything. It can be anything, but it's just as long as it brings you joy, delight, stillness. Um, that's what is you know, you know your resonance. You're you're resonating with something that is you. And that's really, really important. 
and that's what I would like to to have for these for any thirteen year old child that was um, listening to this was to have to find something in your life that brings you so much joy, and it doesn't matter what it is. Um, <laughs> the expectations that are placed on children is beyond belief, and 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 in this world where they are going to have all sorts of changes um, that are almost beyond my imagination. Um, that that stillness and doing something that you absolutely love. Fortunately, Phoenix, Phoenix is, loves cooking, which will always bring her joy and always bring everybody else joy. Um, and and that is that's essential. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can I can see her running her own little cafe somewhere and having absolute ball. And everybody, let's go down to fees. No, it's uh, that type of energy that I would love people to to give that to children to do to have them feel that that they want to be with people, people want to be with them, and the only way that can happen is if they're doing something that they love. It's just impossible yeah, otherwise. I completely agree with that. It also brings up something in the possibility of something that terms it turns commercial, where the line is between passion, art, and making a living from that. So from my understanding, Yorikabana is a – it's a private practice. It's something that you enjoy and informs, as you were saying, who you are. Yes. For people, you know, young and old, can you create some distinctions there in terms of doing a practice for you as opposed to doing a practice that may involve other people and then may involve a commercial aspect? It's a difficult one. Alex, because as you as you know, my working life has been um, whatever comes up. To be perfectly honest, and and I followed this this sort of dancing along with um, consciously and unconsciously uh, for for many many years. Uh, I think that if you're doing something that you really really love, that all everything else follows. You may not make a fortune. You may not. You may not have all the things that, that, that even that you may have expectation for yourself, but what you will always have is joy. So really that's what, what else do you want? Um, is, and, and, and if you do that, there will always be enough for you because people will, will be responding to your joy and you giving that out to the world and the world will give back whatever you need, whatever you need. Uh, Yes, the the lack of confidence in people that the universe does provide is really is well, it's sad and it's and it's what has evolved. Um, but if we could just go back to the fact that we really don't, as human beings, we really don't need that much. We really don't, um, and um, except that what I consider a human right to have one's roof over one's head, which sadly our society has not um, taken into account, um, that if, if you have a secure secure roof over your head um, and um, some food in your tummy, that's really all you need. It doesn't have to be the best roof. It doesn't have to be the best food, but it does, as long as that is known to be consistently there. That's your little 
there is a I I I can feel there that there's a little secure that there's that security of knowing that the world that you live in will provide enough for you to live and for you to experience yourself is something that um, I don't think is taught. I don't think is 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 um, is experienced enough uh, within. Oh gosh, everybody really. I was um, thinking, you know, I I was I was somewhere the other day, and the amount of shop, you know, in a shopping environment, and just the grossness of of people buying things. Ah. Absolutely extraordinary things that they just don't need, but then not everybody has a um, a national park at their back door or a um, you know a, a, a secure you can walk down the street at any time of the day. All those sorts of things. However, if you don't, you can still create around you if you are doing something that you love. Your own, your own little bubble, in a sense, and I, I, and I, and I'm afraid that that that's where I think that we're going. We're we're going towards creating, um, needing to be in our, in our individual communal, call it tribal environment. Um, but that's where it's where everything's leading to. We can still have aspirations for everybody to be safe and warm and cared for, but by doing that within our own environment, we actually are creating the causes for for that to be there for others. And if we just stop buying things and just, as I say, just instead of doing and getting and wanting, if we just, yeah, let's just be. Um, would be really, really nice. And for people to to feel comfortable around just being, for people like Fee to just feel comfortable about being who she is, not looking, not really looking, always looking inner rather than out um, is really important. Mm, so that's a pretty massive, massive distinction there. What do you feel... Do you feel like that's a missing element from many people's lives at the moment and they haven't made a, a choice to, as you say, sort of create this positive bubble around themselves or, and, yes, and actually look within? I don't think society has actually, I, even from, I mean, I'm, I'm at 72 years of age. I'm still learning to do this, for goodness sake. Um, and and um, if I, sometimes I think if I had the head, what's in my mind now at the age of, you know, 13, 14, 15, what a different life I would have had. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's something that it would have meant um, just this freshness and openness and willingness to, to just be in the world how in whatever form you are would be, would be a delight. Um, however, that that that's not to say that going through the process of 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 my life or anybody's life up until their um their old older people um is not a worthwhile and and wonderful practice in itself but but just if if some people were just more con- the lack of contentment amongst the west 
I find is very, very sad because, my gosh, you just have to look at, just sit and watch a bee and a flower. My goodness me. What's, there's nothing more magical um, and, and, and actually more giving and more nourishing than just doing nothing, really. Of course, by doing nothing, um, we all recognize that's not doing nothing. That is, that's just, that's what I, is just the state of being. And that's the state of doing nothing except what comes up for you that is without, with good intention, strong motivation to be of some benefit to the world, but, but without without extraordinary expectations. Yeah, that's, that's what doing nothing really is. Yeah, and I think for many people maybe not quite understanding or, or feeling that they have to really be offering something to the world for its benefit, which obviously is a fantastically healthy thing to do, but getting comfortable with the somewhat uh, – selfish act of, of saying, hey, this time is for me, I'm doing this practice for me, for, for my own benefit, and then paradoxically seeing that benefit, the people around you, how people interact with you. How do you, how do you feel people can get more clear on understanding the connection between those two things? Mm, that's an interesting one. Well, of course, dropping any expectations that you're going to be of benefit is a good help. Um, and and um, that you you just in your in your very being of being you will be of benefit. That's just that's just how it is, um, because you that stillness and that contentment resonates, and it doesn't have a label. It doesn't have it doesn't have an anything other than just being, and you just have to have in a sense develop the confidence that that's enough that that actually is enough to walk lightly through the world being present is the one of the most beautiful things you can do i somebody comes to mind right now a um i was in vancouver just walking down the street and there was this homeless person on the side of the street and the diamonds in his eyes were unbelievable i just thought wow this is just the most extraordinary being, just sitting there, just so present and so full of giving and joy and openness that I could, that I felt it as I looked into his eyes. And he hadn't, there he was, a homeless person just sitting on the side of, inside of a, a Vancouver pavement. Extraordinary. And and he actually was one one of his. He continues to be a teacher for me, in terms of you don't have to do anything. You don't have to have a label, a title, a anything. Just if you are this person, very very present, that you also will connect with others as you walk along the street, and they may also go ah. Something about that person resonated with me and gave me a feeling of joy. And and if you if you think about it, go into it. It was all it was was this person being present. Nothing more or less than that. 
And do you feel that's one of the greatest benefits of your Ikebana practice in terms yes. of do, doing your pieces in the morning and then walking out into the world? Is that the practical aspect? That of, is a of very practical thing because then I, 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 I delight in who I make contact with, connection with in the street. Um, and that, that doesn't, as I say, doesn't, it's not Ikebana. It's whatever you do that you, when you're present doing it, that is, that is part of you and you go out and you connect with people in the world who are singing off the same page. You know, it's just delightful. It really is delightful. Your tribe, so to speak. And it, and it can be anybody. And do you feel, conversely, if you don't do practice for whatever reason uh, for a day or two, can you feel that in your body? Is it, yes, is it something you struggle I with? I do. I do. I, I feel it not necessarily in my body, but certainly in my in the freshness and openness that I feel in the mind, just how you know the the mind feels clear, um, open and fresh rather than any sort of cloudiness, fogginess, which we have to watch as we get older. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like I'm wondering if there are some struggles that you could talk about in terms of the effort that you've had to put towards? Developing a practice, maybe maybe not now, but but when you first started. Uh, well, I think it came from the the effort was to be is not have the expectation that I was going to get this straight away, that I was going to be fantastic at it, that I was going to be all those things. Um, you know, the 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 one of the biggest things I think that we all have to overcome is our sense that, you know, we have to be recognized as, as being good at something. And, um, and I think that that was, that was definitely, I had to overcome that, that, that there was definitely that every single piece that I was going to do was going to get top marks that my teacher was going to say, that's fabulous. Da, 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 da. And then, but then that, and that is the joy of working with a, with a master in whatever it is. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is, but certainly through meditation practice or as I say, Ikebana or um, creating anything, a master chef or, or whatever is to have a critique of your work. I think that's really, it's really nice to have somebody critique your work. I love it. I actually, I, Something I miss. She had this. This teacher has gone up to um, to uh, Northern Rivers, um, and um, and I miss her critiquing my work. Um, and that's the other joy of being around a um, my particular teacher is that I don't get away with anything. You know, I, I, it's there's there's it's the what comes back to me is definitely something for me to consider and um yeah and 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 incorporate into um, yeah bring into bring onto my path uh yes it's it's an interesting phenomena the teacher student phenomena and mm. um and I won't go into it with it from a Tibetan Buddhist point of view because it's something that's well it incredibly personal and it's just something that only you and and that particular person you enter into this relationship um but certainly from a from a um 
Ikebana master point of view is that they also they're so tr- they're so clear and open and skilled in their particular craft that they they can see where you we almost see where you have placed something and that your mind was not there in that placement and they will correct that and you and if you're really involved with your craft or your your your, your art you will you you know you go yes and i i can see um my teacher just picking up a particular branch and turning it say 10 degrees and placing it and it immediately has the ping factor and i immediately know that at that particular point when i placed that vase my mind was somewhere else my mind was in this is looking great it's good enough rather than the the presentness my mind was somewhere else so yes yeah. Yeah. There's uh, so much uh, to unpack in that um, because, as you say, these <laughs> teachers. No, no. It's fantastic in terms of these student-teacher relationships because I think that's missing for a lot of us. You know, I at the moment I'm I'm in the world of lifting weights and have a very good personal trainer, and it's not it's not until I've had that uh, exquisite perspective on what my shoulders are doing that I've been able to go, oh, okay, that, that's a whole new map for me. Um. And I, at the same time, I wanted to discuss because I think so. I think that's been very important for me for to have that map. At the same time, I'm curious for you to discuss more about feedback, critique, in the lens of possible imposition, non-imposition. You, you know, when does it when does a teacher go too far, or when when can you let go of that teacher um, and become your own? Are there aspects there for discussion? Well, this is a this is this is where you find a good teacher. Because a good teacher will be teaching you within because they are connecting with you, who you are. They're not there to that they they're not telling you that 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 do it like me. They are showing you how to do it like you. And that is re and that's really important. There's no there is um you are, after all, the only one who knows. And I have found that with a critique, when I've been um, a piece is being critiqued by an Ikebana master, they will say something, and I'll go and I will come back to them and say, "No, that was not my intention. My intention was da 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 da." And if they and and I have had a teacher go, "Ah, oh, okay, yes, that's fair enough. Right, that was right for you." And that, that is that to me is a good teacher. That's mm. somebody who is recognizing um, their student, recognizing themselves, recognizing the situation, and being present in that situation, not with their own agendas, not with their own um, egos, not with you know all that sort of thing coming into pl- coming into play. Um, and it's a delight. And it's a dance. Mm. It then you you dance with each other ar- around that, and and everybody's learning. Everybody's learning. That's a good distinction. Finding a teacher who is willing to be part of the process for their own learning, and not uh, yeah, this not dictate really. Yes, 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 yes. You don't. This is not. You are your own wisdom master. After all said and done, and mm. and and just being with somebody who is who recognizes that they are their own wisdom master. Well, that's a that's a that's a gift. That's a that's lovely. 
And sometimes, would you agree, it's simply the presence of having a teacher, nearly just the archetype of a teacher there, knowing that your work may be viewed by them or yes. that, yeah, I sometimes feel that when I'm doing things. It's like, oh, okay, there's, there's how I'm doing this now and then there's properly, basically, the, the, the quality of their, and for whatever reasons, I've needed a teacher at times around to just amplify that. Yes. I. Once you connect with a teacher and, and you've, and, 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 or, or not necessarily a teacher, it's the teaching that you're connecting with. It's what they are teaching you is what you're actually connecting with mm-hmm. because you are your own teacher, but it's how you interpret what they're saying to you and how that resonates to you, how deeply that is, that, that, that is held by you um, is what you go through the, go through life life with um it's a uh, it is a relationship but it's not a dictatorship it is not a it's has doesn't have hierarchy at all it's because you are both following a particular um teaching um that you that resonates with you and that you have and obvious, and and that the reason why you're there, you have the cause and condition to be there, um, in that situation, and you respect that, you love that. If it if it brings joy to you, if it brings openness, if it does all the things that you that you're um, endeavouring to create within your yourself, well, that's a worthwhile place to be. Yeah. If that teacher if that teacher does that for you, I'm I you know if if. Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, I would take a step back and just um, and be with yourself for a while, and then maybe and and practice whatever it is that you're doing, and then go back into a a teacher student relationship. But if it's um, yeah, I, I I'm finding that it's a, it's a very interesting as you as you know within this the Tibetan Buddhist world I have been around all sorts of permutations and combinations of this particular um, situation, and yeah, I, I'm fortunate um, in 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 who I have around me. But there are there have and I think it comes from the student not having the confidence to step back and say. Okay, I have to take a break from this. I have to just recognize what my limitations are, who I am, and what I want to do with this. Doesn't happen, you know, in this world of competitiveness and hierarchy and blah 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 blah. I'm afraid um, everybody wants to be a um, <clears throat> perfect. I don't know. I'm, we won't. We won't say what I was going to say. But I, but I, but I. But I <laughs> Oh, we can. <laughs> um, no, no, no. This, 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 this world of, of 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 experts is the only expert is you, and and how and how you and how you teach yourself from what you have had the good fortune to to be taught. Yeah, the the distinction there on understanding when your teacher is either pushing something um, or actually, I think your distinction between the teaching is really what you're looking for. The teacher is simply a conduit for that in your general direction is, is one there. And I think it, 
it flies in the face somewhat of people trying to DIY it, you know, look at a few YouTube videos and and expect to become an overnight success in finger painting, whatever it might be. Yes. Yes. Uh, versus at least initially receiving some instructions. And I imagine visiting enough teachers to know what's what, as in, you know, experience some teachings that aren't so good so that you can create distinction in your body. Absolutely. Going, oh, that doesn't yes. work for me. Do you think there are some very simple things for people to look for both in teachers and also avoid that you could point to? Look, it comes down to how it resonates with you. Really, is is how how you are with with this teacher. Um, um, I think the, because there's a if you're feeling like you're being having a hard time with a particular teacher, that's not necessarily bad. Yeah. If you are relating to your own ego and who you are, you know you know that if if if, if buttons are being pressed, um. You, if you know your buttons, you know who you, you, you know is. It's an interesting thing. It's not like I you want to run away from that. I I particularly like being with with um, my teacher because I feel comp- just so open and naked with this with this. I, I don't get away with anything, um, which. I, which is something that I enjoy. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It actually is because my my purpose for being there is to be stripped away of of all my um, bullshit. You know, you just you just have to um, be prepared to be in this extraordinarily open, honest environment. And and work with that. If it's making you feel unwell, if it makes if it brings up all sorts of things, negativity within you, well, maybe hmm, that you're not ready for that. It's probably what that's saying is that you're not ready to be exposed to that. Um, and you can t- and and I and take a step back. I have definitely done that in my life. I've stepped back because I just wasn't um, open enough to be able to receive what was being shown to me and it was v- and very confronting but then but then through practice and through my own contemplation um and that's something that is always important i think people give don't give enough time to just sit and think about things just not necessarily rush off and do just sit down and think about things. Think about how you are in the world and how and what yeah comes to you, how you relate in the world. You know, I there have been times when I have related with people and 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 it's brought up all sorts of things. And I've gone straight back to myself and said, what was it that I, what was it about that situation that came completely from me? And 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 recognize that and go okay let's try and be as clear as possible and and around that and not not have that happen again of course habitually all sorts of things come up but if you but if you sit back and contemplate it and your mind is still enough that you recognize when you're being triggered and you step right back and don't don't start playing that a game around that I, 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 I 
don't think that's helpful for anybody and certainly not helpful for the person who perhaps hasn't looked at the cause and condition of things um, and, 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 and tend to come from the point of view of blaming the rest of the world for, for, the, for their, their situation. Um, <laughs> nothing <laughs> comes about without you being really right there in it. That's that's and and you have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, and I wonder whether there are parallels there to bring it back to Ikebana a little bit and and habits. Do you find yourself now that you have done so many pieces consistently for so long? How do you get out of habits? You know, how do you explore other creative lines? Or yeah, can you feel yourself? I feel like you've put yeah, so much effort yeah, in yeah. that there must be this momentum there. Yes. How it's do you occasionally give yourself a little bit of a spark in a different direction? Well, it, that's really probably why I'm not posting as much as I have in the past lately is because I'm finding that I'm um, I'm being pushed in other directions. Um, I haven't been trained in in art, but I um, – and I'm thinking that now, now's the time for me to go and um, – and have a few um, sessions with a uh, with with a uh, a painter. Um, it will it will send you in in different directions. Well, any creative process sends you in in all sorts of directions. But one one particular a very amazing artist here in Australia was a woman called Rosalie Gascoigne. Rosalie since passed away quite a few years ago, but she actually started in. Um, in Ikebana, by being in a similar situation as, as I, being in a in a in an area where when I first came to um, the Blue Mountains, I the Blue Mountains, the bush didn't particularly resonate with me um, uh, as much as it does now, um, and and that was because it was quite foreign. I had been born and bred in New Zealand, so the whole topography, the whole climate, everything was different. And she had found herself in Canberra at a her husband was an astronomer and she um was up at um, Mount Strombo and she was she just found herself in this very um extraordinary environment and she started collecting um just bits and pieces around the place, old wire, corrugated iron just um, extraordinary pieces of um, wood, weathered wood, and and started making sculptures and things. And then, for those of you um, who are interested in in artists and things, Rosalie um, Gascoigne has now gone on to be probably just one of our um, most amazing amazing artists of of assemblages of just still with her Ikebana training. But now, but then she just went on to do assemblages, and it does become part of your life. I can't walk, go out into the world now without seeing everything as a sculpture or as a, a Nicobana piece, or or just noticing the proportions, noticing the the balance, noticing the shape, noticing, and that is just something that just deepens, deepens, deepens your appreciation for your world. And bring. that's why I'm saying living in this bubble is not so bad because if you, with this discipline you have, 
you I'm looking now outside at a little leaf that's that leaf that's just waving to me from a the last remaining leaf on a on a um a liquid amber and he's waving furiously at me. Da, 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 da. Um and that happens all that that happens all the time now. Um, so your world changes. Your world becomes more delightful. It becomes richer. It becomes po- more, far more positive. You notice you notice the jo- the fabulous things about being in this on this planet, rather than the negativity. And that that for f- that is the thing for children that we they that's what they do. They notice all those delightful things. Um, and that's what, as adults, um, we would be healthier, um, in certainly from a mental health point of view, more balanced, more open, if we just took delight in noticing, in mm. noticing just the extraordinariness around us. Just, it's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a really interesting area to land in the noticing. And what I'm noticing in myself is the distinction between, I've always had the phrase, you know, whatever we focus on is our reality. And many people have heard that. But there's a difference between what we focus on as our reality versus what we notice in the world through a particular lens. You've, you've managed to arrive at this Ikebana lens and other lenses, obviously. And I feel for people who perhaps don't have those lenses, I, I imagine uh, de- the dentist out there, everything's a mouth. Everything's got something to do with dentistry. Um, you know, if, you, if you're only holding a hammer, the world's a nail. Except, except in, 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 in fair, it is, that also comes back to their, um, their intention, their motivation, et cetera, around their profession. If you're in there to bring benefit um, and and help um, people within whatever you do, um, you will you'll be noticing the same things because you'll be you well you, you will not notice no <laughs> the same things but you will you will um, be your mind and your body will be feeling and fulfilled and find contentment within that area of your work that comes down to mo- most of this actually. Alex, that we're, we're speaking about a lot of it is the underpinning of that is motivation and intention, and mm-hmm. and and for for me it was to be a um, a worthwhile um, part of this cosmos, you know, just to be just to be part of part of the um, the dance of 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 interdependence in a really positive, open, open way. And that, and you can do that within with whatever you're doing. Doesn't ma- it really doesn't matter? But definitely, your motivation is to bring about benefit for others. There, there's definitely under underpins. If if we can all just have that underpin everything we do, um, and by for others, I mean you're there as well. You're the other as well. I mean it's not it's not others it's it's the whole yeah if you can be of benefit to the whole um yes it doesn't matter what you that that hammer can be a soft hammer yeah i think that's a that's a very lovely lovely place to land and also the 
the clarity on that it can be for others and that you're part of that simply dissolves this selfishness versus selflessness issue. Um, so, well, I think – And uh, also on that selfishness thing, don't have judgment around that in terms of what may appear to be selfish um, may not. That's why dropping any judgment of others' actions, I, I really found that to be of benefit is is – is when you, we have no judgment about around around people, um, and you know I, I have carried carried that in the past, dropping that because you just do not know what goes on in the mind of others, um, and and their intention, um, and is 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 really important. No, non judgment. Hmm. Well, to finish up with this scenario before you turn into a bird at midnight tonight, is there anything? <laughs> that you would like to leave the audience with as we wrap up? Well, first, thank you for this opportunity, Alex. It, it, um, may it be of some benefit. Uh, and uh, it's delightful that the causes and condition of our own lives, your, yours and mine, has brought us to having this conversation. And that is part and parcel of um, – that's that's uh, definitely uh, – motivation and intention on both our sides and um, the uh, and have the confidence in that with it within our what has gone on within our lives that that that, that we can also um, see that others are having the same experience and um, and delight in that and if and 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 help along help along the way I'm sure your listeners are um, there's nothing new that I have said, really, probably to them. It's just that I have used a particular um, discipline to bring um, joy and contentment into my life, and it's a discipline that I I, I really would um, like others to have. I'm not. Um, I don't teach um, because of just the physicality of of of, of that, um, but. It's, there are definitely people um, online who do, and at, I will pro, I will send you a um, a link to a Japanese master. It's a very old video link of a woman called Kasumi Teshigahara, who um, was in my mind just one of the best, and she she sadly. Um, passed away through um, radiation poisoning after the war. Um, so she wasn't around for a long time, but she definitely um, embodied um, exactly what I'm talking about from a dis discipline point of view. And then there's also the other um, – there are other aspects that are a display of what I'm talking about. Um, of course, I, I – for some – whatever reason, I have a Japanese um, – Pichon, and and there are um, film directors. There's a one particular film um, director, Uzu O Z U, um, who did the Tokyo Story. People may be familiar with, but there is um, there are other films, and his films are a display of the the extraordinary extraordinary nature of just being ordinary, and that is that is really really. Uh, 
what Ikebana has brought for me is just this being an ordinary human being on this planet and and delight and and totally integrated into my world and that's all we can ask i think of ourselves is to find that place in the world where you, we feel completely at home mm. thank you very much it's been a delightful conversation uh, one that, if nothing else, I'm sure Phoenix will find fascinating. And <laughs> I, I would give yourself a little bit more credit. I think there's been plenty of distinctions in here that I've learned from and that people listening will do as well. So, yeah, I think we will, we will leave it there. Thank you Thanks, for your Alex. time. And uh, I will try and link to many of those things that you've mentioned there. And, yeah, may this be of benefit. Okay, well, obviously, you won't be turning into your uh, your fantail. Uh, my, my, your nights yes. And nights, but, waka waka. But thank you for playing <laughs> along nonetheless. Uh, I think it allowed us to get to a certain place. And uh, I'll say goodbye. Thank Thanks, you very darling. much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye for now. See you soon. <laughs>